0: Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market view on Money FM 89.3. By the looks of it, out on Wall Street, it seems that markets in the U.S. are starting to find some sense of stability after what seems like weeks of. A pronounced volatility really hitting markets. It seems that the big question is how investors stateside and across the world will come to grips and perhaps get used to the prospect of tighter monetary policy moving forward. But is this actually um, why markets have been quite volatile? And could this actually make things more uncertain, at least for the first quarter, for markets out on Wall Street and then also dictate perhaps a, a more volatile or uncertain pace for markets across the world? Well, today on Money FM 89.3, we are pleased to be joined by Mr. Edward Moya. He's the senior market analyst for Oanda out in New York, and he joins us today on the program to tell us what he's seeing on the ground out on Wall Street and whether and what to make of all this volatility and fears of tire liquidity out in U.S. markets. Mr. Moya, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still safe and in good health during these times. And welcome to the show, sir. I hope you're having a great day out there on the East Coast.
1: No, thank you for having me. It's ah, uh, it, it's ah, uh, we're finally getting a little bit warmer weather. Uh, it's <laughs> no longer the the Arctic blast has passed us, and uh, I think everyone's uh, bracing for some hot inflation data. But no, uh, I think uh, um, markets are are really uh, focused on the Fed and uh, what's going to happen in March. So I no, let's uh, let's get started.
0: Absolutely, you know, we're nearing the midpoint, in fact, of the first quarter, and we and. It's been a very exciting or harrowing start to the new year, depending on who you ask, right? And we've seen growing bouts of sell-offs and volatility hitting Wall Street, specifically the Nasdaq, and echoing across global markets in more than one occasion. Are markets going to stay volatile and shaky for the rest of the first quarter, or because of how we've seen things stabilize over the last couple of days, do you think that the worst might be over, actually, after all these volatility scares?
1: I, I think investors should brace for uh, continued volatility. Uh, there's there's a, a, a major reset happening on Wall Street, and uh, I, I think a lot of this has to do with uh, no one knows exactly you know, how aggressive will the Fed be with tightening. Um, we have to take a look. Um, two months ago, um, you know, market expectations were that the Fed would raise rates two or three times in 2022. Uh, and now th- those expectations have swung to uh, five to seven times, and 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 you're you're starting to see that um, with each hot inflation reading, uh, and as we go through earnings season, we continue to hear several companies are still struggling um, with uh, supply chain issues, and uh, there there there's been progress. There is optimism that things are going to get better, and uh, there's kind of the yeah I, I feel that. Uh, you know, every quarter you hear people saying, well, it, it should improve possibly in about a few months. Uh, well, now there's that expectation that around the summertime, you're really going to start to see some improvements um, with chip supplies, with um, uh, just a, a more um, healthy restocking of inventories for a lot of these companies. So so I think there's a, this uh, belief that you're going from a market that used to be completely risk on risk off where Everything would go up. Everything would go down. To now, we're focused on valuations. Now we're focused on which companies have uh, pricing power. Which companies are going to be able to provide better long-term outlooks? And uh, I, I think that's why uh, it, it's going to be a very, uh, a, you know, bumpy next, you know, few months, just because investors are not sure exactly how the stock market is going to behave when you start to remove, you know, that punch bowl of stimulus. We have to remember uh, when, when COVID happened, the world shut down and you had an unprecedented amount of uh, monetary and fiscal support hit the economy. Well, now you could see that the Biden administration is has, you know, been unable to deliver, build back better. They're probably gonna get piecemeal parts of it. Uh, and the Fed is starting to tighten rates. They'll be tightening rates uh, and they'll be starting that balance sheet runoff in, in a few months. And then and you're, you're going to see that uh, risky assets will We'll lose a lot of that support as a, as interest rates start to rise, and uh, a lot of these companies that are not profitable, they're they're, they're going to have a harder time going forward. So, uh, investors should brace for volatility, and I think you're going to see best of breed once again outperform. You know, high dividend stocks are are going to become probably more attractive in, in this environment.
0: Right. You know, I think a lot of this will have to wait and all bets are off until we see exactly how the Fed acts in that March meeting. But leading up to that, we're seeing a lot of knee jerk reaction because everybody seems to be, as you mentioned, perhaps just pricing in even more rate hikes as more uh, stark inflation data comes in. In fact, some strategists in Wall Street are even expecting a a 50 basis point move next month. Of course, this is not for certain. We'll, We'll have to wait until the Fed actually decides on things what might be guiding your expectations for how the Fed acts in March and the rest of the year uh, based uh, uh, ranging from all of these expectations from three to five to seven or even the 50 basis point rate hike help us make, make sense of this mess that uh, markets are, are 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 fussing themselves over with regards to these rate hikes Ed I, I, think, I think that um, you
1: know as as we kind of get past the first two round of rate hikes and whether it's 50 and then 25 or 25-25, um, you, you're, you're going to see that the economy is easily going to be able to withstand that. Uh, I, I think that uh, when you know we're talking again at the end of the year, and if let's say the Fed only ended up raising rates four times or five times, uh, that is still something that the economy is, is, is probably going to still have anywhere between three to 4% growth this year. Uh, you're, you're you're still going to see that investors are going to be fairly upbeat. I think um, for U.S. equities, you might see a greater outperformance abroad. But uh, I, I, I still I still anticipate that um, uh, the, the Fed is is the, the biggest risk risk to the market is that if the Fed got inflation wrong and they go a little bit too aggressive. And right now we're seeing a lot of pushback. So I, I think the expectations that you know, that, that first rate hike, will it be 50? I don't think so. I think that the fed is going to, um, remain, um, cautious as far as, uh, delivering those, those rate hikes, um, because they're, they're not just focused on rate hikes. They're also focused on that balance sheet reduction. And I think that, uh, they know that they have to, um, Commence that um, before the summer, so so I think you're you're probably going to see that uh, you know if if, you know in the next twelve months the Fed is able to. You know, deliver you know five rate hikes and knock off a trillion off the balance sheet. That's still in an environment where the economy should thrive. So, so I think there's there's still good reason to be optimistic. The only the only reason you should not be optimistic is if if uh, the Fed is becoming a little bit too aggressive. If they raise fifty, they signal maybe another fifty, and then uh, you see financial conditions start to deteriorate. But I I think that is the least likely scenario.
0: Indeed, we're listening to Edward Moya, the senior market analyst for Owanda in the Americas here on Money FM89.3. And I do want to get into earnings in just a little bit, given we're getting to the tail end of it on Wall Street. But you did mention some of these issues and fragility at least in market sentiment out in Wall Street. And in fact, if the Fed does tighten more more aggressively, markets will have to get used to small, to less lesser liquidity for the most part. But even now, before the rate hikes are happening, so many are already bemoaning tight liquidity is making the market more volatile and shaky even before the Fed's first rate hike. Uh, Based on what you're seeing out on Wall Street, though, Edward, are there there real signs where the liquidity is tightening up earlier than we think? And what might this mean for how markets move if they're tightening up even before the Fed decides to hike rates?
1: Uh, I, I think i think right now when you when, when you take a look at financial conditions uh uh the, the, for the for the most part um there 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 has been you know some some tightening that that has occurred and i mean when you take a look at have how treasury yields have skyrocketed <laughs> over the the past few months uh you know that that you know you know, it should not surprise everyone, um, but 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 I I, th- I think still you're you're probably in in a in a market that is is going to realize that um, you know we're not going to maintain this trajectory as far as surging yields go. Um, I, I think that there's there's this belief that um, you know once we get past the, those first couple of rate hikes, you're going to start to see some of this volatility will ease up. So so I think that um, uh, you, you're. You, you know, there there will be a lot of companies that are going to struggle in this environment, and, and a lot of that is, you know, unfortunately, it's it's a lot of tech companies. Um, mm. But but I, I, I still think that you're 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 still uh, um, looking at healthy conditions um, broadly for for m- most companies right now.
0: All right, great. Now, as we mentioned, uh, Mr. Moya, earnings season is beginning to slowly wrap up out in the U.S. I believe about 70% of the S&P 500 companies have now reported. And while some of the tech firms really uh, shook markets with these really dismal reports, overall, they've said that most of them have actually beaten expectations. Give us your own impression of how earnings have been so far. And was this a lackluster season that might hint at a possible slowdown? Or are things actually a lot healthier than we're giving them credit for?
1: I, I think a lot of companies struggled with guidance. I think yes, the as far as you know, some of these earnings beats uh, they did impress. Uh, I think there were more upside surprises than not. Uh, I, I think a lot of the the, the companies that that provided um, some abysmal outlooks, um, you know, I, I, when you when you take a look at uh, like the the Metas or the Netflix, uh, I think you're, you're you're starting to see that. Wall Street is now focused on specific uh, drivers for these companies. And I think competition is a key uh, factor for a lot of these uh, uh, businesses. And and, and you're going to see that investors are becoming very selective here. And and, uh, I I think that uh, you're you're probably going to continue to see that um, uh, companies that have pricing power are still going to probably perform nicely here. Um, it's all about margins right now for a lot of these other companies, and uh, I think that uh, if if you're starting to see uh, companies provide outlooks, that's becoming very optimistic because that means they're um, they're feeling a little bit more confident in, in what they can project. A lot of companies are trying to refrain from doing that, so so I think I think that you're you're starting to see um, there there's this. Uh, I think hesitancy to just blindly buy down significantly by that dip because eventually, you know, people are still going to um, use social media, but no, uh, people are now starting to question, well, what are the audiences uh, are they focused on? Where's the growth and uh, you know, what's their long-term visions and you know what, it seems like there's some companies are recklessly spending in the future and not necessarily having, um, uh, I think, uh, solid outlooks, and uh, you, you're probably going to see that uh, a lot of these frothier companies are are going to struggle here. So, so uh, it's going to remain volatile. But I, I think that um, you, you're, you're probably going to see that the the proven companies, the companies that have. Uh, strong demand for their products or or services are going to likely remain, I think, uh, some of the top companies that that are going to outperform this year. So
0: so if conservatively we can expect volatility to remain at least for the first quarter, what is the strategy for investors who might want to try to ride out the shakes? And are there any possible opportunities left out there, Ed?
1: Well, I I think when you take a look at the underperformance with small caps, um, small caps have really Uh, I mean, small caps have struggled. And and a lot of that is because they don't have pricing power. They don't have the preferred relationships with vendors. You know, those go to like the companies like the Apples and Amazons. They're the ones that get their hands on, you know, key supplies first. Small caps have been struggling. Uh, They're they're the ones that will benefit the most once uh, supply chain issues, bottlenecks ease. Uh, So so I think that uh, if you're, you're, you're you're looking long term. Uh, you're probably going to see that uh, I think uh, small caps should outperform, you um, know, um, a, a lot m- much of the field right now because uh, I, I think uh, the growth story is still there. And uh, as as far as how the economy will unfold um, as as we go through these rate hikes, as uh, as people you know start to become more concerned about growth. Uh, and, and, you know, loss of momentum. And now that, you know, we're, we're no longer <laughs> living off of stimulus, um, I, I, I still think that, you, you know, the, the, the economy is is uh, likely to benefit from um, continued uh, the reopening momentum. Uh, there is still a significant amount of stimulus that is going to be felt. Uh, um, and the consumer is very strong and the labor market is strong. Wages are Um, I think um, going to remain elevated. So you're going to see a lot of, um, I think, um, strong demand from your your American consumer here. So so I think there's still good reason to be optimistic for small caps long-term. I think short-term, it's still going to be a a trade that um, um, if some of these supply chain issues continue to get dragged out, then you'll see small caps get hit the hardest.
0: All right. And just very quickly, Mr. Moy, before we let you go, I know that you're also taking a look at cryptocurrencies very closely. And this is something a lot of our listeners here want to ask us about. Now we're seeing signs of Bitcoin starting to get its bearings after that big January fall alongside others like either and even the the other uh, DeFi challengers like Cardano and Solana. But how much of crypto performs is linked to market sentiment, which hasn't been so hot lately. Um, if we're expecting tighter and less accommodative policy and less and um, less liquidity, how how will cryptocurrencies perform if we start to see things tighten up or normalize? Uh, depending on how you're looking at it,
1: I think I think crypto volatility is uh, is um... They go together, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. regardless of what type of market environment, you will have uh, extreme volatility. And, and that, that could stem from uh, various drivers, whether it's uh, continued regulation, uh, not just here in the U.S., but abroad, uh, whether it is this global energy crisis that might lead to some countries um, restrict some mining activity, um, you you you're, you're also seeing um, a lot of uh, in, in investors uh, who are excited about cryptos uh, you know for for, for, for many uh, they got it, they got started last year and a lot got in around the you know 50 50,000 range and uh, they they were uh, some of the the unfortunate uh, victims of of that you know um, Severe plunge where we lost over fifty percent of the value, uh, and and, and uh, I think that you're you're starting to see that there is this. Uh... Um, long-term belief still across many retail institutional investors that uh, you're, you're still going to see a tremendous growth in this space. And uh, a lot of that is, is mainly because of blockchain and it's on the use applications, DeFi, and and uh, it's just, you know, Internet 3.0. Everyone's excited as far as, you know, they're not sure the direction that the cryptoverse is going in, but that these coins are likely to be um, um seeing, um, strong appreciations long-term. Um, so, so, I, so I think that you're going to probably see that the volatility re- will remain elevated, but I think what has changed over the past few years is that, uh, like Bitcoin's dominance has significantly dropped off. It went from like 80% to 60% last year to now, uh, you're, 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 you're starting to see that Bitcoin is, uh, uh, now at around 43% and Ethereum's dominance is around 18%. So, uh, what that's telling you is that a lot of these crypto traders they're saying, uh, yes, I believe in, in the top two coins, but there's this uh, diversification play that is focusing on other protocols in their growth stage. So that's why you're seeing the Cardanos, the Polkadots, the Terra Lunas, Solana are are, are seeing. Um, a more, lot, more, lot more coverage, a lot more headlines because they're appreciating a lot more uh, quickly. And, and there, there's, a, there's this belief that the growth potential should really um, outperform this year. So, so I think that you're going to see the, the, the space is growing. And as, as uh, a lot of investors kind of focus on these other protocols, you're, you're, you're going to see that uh, you know, the path higher for Bitcoin will be a lot harder. Uh, and uh, I think everyone is, is is going to focus on you know where are biz- where is corporate America and uh, other companies abroad are are going to focus on building uh, and, and doing projects with which blockchain so I think that uh, then, uh the space is continuing to grow and evolve and um, the interest is there uh, but you know you have to remember there's there's a there's always a um, Catalysts that come out of nowhere that can send the crypto down uh, significantly. So uh, it's uh, still the, the riskiest uh, asset on, on Wall Street. And uh, but uh, a lot of traders they they um, they want to have exposure because uh, you know there is um, um, that, that volatility. Everyone's trying to capture a
0: piece of those moves. Edward Moya, senior market analyst for Oanda. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today on Money FM eighty nine As always, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these times. Look forward to the next time you can join us in the show. Meanwhile, I hope you have a great rest of the weekend out there in New York, sir. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at MoneyFM 893.sg or download our audio app. That's AWEDIO. Available on Google Play or the App Store.